stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. But they're like, yeah, if you just turn the microphone like this, and I, I knew this, like I knew how to right. do. I knew why I should be doing that, but I, I guess I'm just lazy. Yeah, uh, and, and I, also, I, I never think to do it. And also, like these I, mics, I, and these mics aren't omnidirectional, exactly. So you, you don't get as good a sound. Like yeah, all of, you know. and and any time that I I talk to the side of the microphone, uh, like you're supposed to. I always find myself still like popping vowels and consonants, like I, I just did right there. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was huge. I saw it. Yeah, I can see it on the on the readout <laughs> here. Um, and that's why when I, that's why I asked for socks when I first got here. You know, like the the cover, the cover, the little mitts oh, that go yeah. over. It. Yeah, I was like, hey, can we get? And, yeah, and as soon a- as I asked for them, first of all, they ordered special blue ones. Yeah. And then as soon as, soon as I asked for them, they were in every studio. Uh-huh. I was like, it's kind of a no-brainer. Yeah, I don't know why we don't have them uh, in like our production yeah. studios either. I mean, these are these are the these are high-end mics. They're the Sennheiser, whatever. Um, are they no, they're the Electro Voice RE20. Yeah. Yeah, they're like the the gold standard of oh, microphones. Oh, for sure. But they could still use a little help. I mean, even in even, even in big recording studios, they'll have the wind guard in front of them or something. Like, I just wanted something for the mic. Yeah, because like you can still get right up on the microphone, and I'm sure this is very pleasing to listen to. There's no might be. Th- there's no actually it looks yeah. like a nice little compressed waveform. <laughs> <laughs> and now I'm just breathing in your ear. <laughs> Yeah, but so the the socks were like kind of a no brainer yeah. to me. That's that's what I call them, mic socks. I think that's what they're called. Maybe I, not. I've, I've heard them called many different things. I've yeah. heard them called like mic condoms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. If you try to be edgy and funny, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but they're like foam. I I wouldn't yeah. want I I wouldn't want no. a condom made of foam. That, no, that sounds very counterintuitive. That's only for like furries. Oh uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Or those are the condoms they use. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to No Hugging, No Learning. Uh, it's a show about one thing, watching Seinfeld for the first time. I'm Tim Murphy. And I'm Ted Hollowell. And today we're talking about <laughs> The Virgin. Oh, speaking of furries. Uh, <laughs> season 4, episode 9. Uh, and b- before we do that, did we have any specific homework from last week? I didn't think we did. Yeah. I-, I couldn't remember if we did or not. I don't think we did either, but I did some uh, extra work okay. just to explain. Well, really just about the three tenors. Okay. Because I was listening to them. I was like, I did a really poor job explaining just how nuts... People were going for people like Pavarotti, who, who gets who gets mentioned in uh, the previous episode, the opera, and the three tenors. I couldn't remember one of their names. I forget which one I I did. I forgot Placido Domingo last week, so it was Placido Domingo, Jose Carraras, who are both Spaniards, and Luciano Pavarotti, who's Italian. They were the three tenors, and they just did a performance at the uh, at, at um, on the eve of the 1990 FIFA World Cup final. So they're just singing a random song at the <laughs> okay. Baths of Caracalla in Rome uh, in July of 1990, and it went just people went nuts for it. They just loved it for some reason, and it became like this global television event. And they did it at three other World Cup finals: '94 in LA, '98 in Paris, and 2002 in Yokohama. Um, but they had a 1994 performance at Dodger Stadium in Los Angeles. That was televised, and 1.3 billion people watched it worldwide. Jeez. 1.3 billion people watched an opera performance at Dodger Stadium. That's insane. That's how big these guys were in the, in the early crap. to mid-90s. Uh, the Three Tenors in Concert holds the Guinness World Record for the best-selling classical musical album of all time. Jeez. Yes. Yeah. And right. Seinfeld superfans know this is not the last time that we'll hear 
about the three tenors. Ooh. I want to mention that okay. as well. Okay. And it's kind of funny that I forgot one of their names because that will play in as well. I don't know when this comes up, uh, but it's a lot later. So that's all I have. Just just a little bit. Oh, I did forget my 10 cassette again. Ugh. Now it's like this mythic thing that may never appear on the show. Like yeah, it's, actually... it's like me buying No Hugging No Learning stickers, which <laughs> yeah, we'll get yeah, into. Yeah, Or post them. Yeah, so or those post three them. things, which one's going to happen first? <laughs> yeah. Vote now. Uh, I've, I've got a few more like uh, additional oh, homework bits. Uh, I saw someone that I know through wrestling. Uh, you remember the article a couple of months ago that was millennials are rewatching Seinfeld and saying it's super offensive. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, he posted that saying, uh, just captioned, F that, Seinfeld is hilarious. <laughs> Which, okay, yeah, sure enough. And he's got like a, a couple of his friends. Uh, I'm not going to like uh, put him on blast by name <laughs> or anything. Uh, LMAO, of course it was offensive, but back then we didn't call it offensive. We called it funny, you know, because people didn't get offended so easily. Oh, my gosh. Uh, and let's see. <laughs> uh, there's... There's another um there's another one. Uh the office is getting to be a target too yeah. sad. And I, I commented, this is a weird thing. I've got a podcast about this and we'll always make sure to point out that a lot of the jokes are offensive, which they are, but they're coming from a different time when people had different senses of humor. Uh-huh. So like it you put them you copy and paste them into twenty nineteen and they're awful. Yeah. Uh, I don't think we've come across many that are one or two awful. Well, one or, yeah, one like or two. One or not, two are like you know maybe some like racial insensitivity or you yeah, know cultural many. insensitivity. But really, it's been very you know the stuff that people might find offensive. We're like uh, and and I feel like I've been able to put them in context where you're like oh that's the way people thought in the '90s. You know, yeah, like the the our, yeah, our different generational exactly. sensibilities play into it as well. Yeah, and the only reply to that, uh, well, my comment zero likes, zero reactions. <laughs> Uh, only reply to that was uh, one of the guys in the thread saying, you mean when people had a sense of oh humor, three likes. So I'm like, <laughs> whatever. I'm, I'm not going to So win. you don't know I'm not these gonna... guys? No, I, I do know oh, them. you know them. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I, I wasn't going to comment back. Are they the same back. age as you? They're a little bit older. Oh, okay. A little, so little bit they're older. talking about when they were two or three and people had senses of humor and I they guess. knew about it? I guess, man. <laughs> man! Oh, man, like... man, I miss those times whenever I was shitting my pants. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And people got the joke, you know? <laughs> I was I, doing I mean, it as a goo. Yeah, n- nothing against these guys. I just thought, I just thought it was really funny uh, that, yeah, that, yeah. This, that this popped up today. Oh, and did you see what uh, Sesame Street tweeted? No. Uh, well, I guess they're celebrating their 50th anniversary and uh, they, they showed like an old behind-the-scenes clip of when Julia Louise Dreyfus was on the show, oh. and she swore in front of Elmo. Oh, I think I remember seeing that. <laughs> and, and and Sesame Street actually tweeted that the via the official account. Did they say uh, NSFW? Oh, okay. No, 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 no. I, I I was wrong. It, it wasn't Sesame Street's account. It was. Uh, like, oh, that'd be shocking. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, it was uh, Nathan McDermott. I'm not sure. I'm not sure who he is, but he mm. tweeted. Uh, he tweeted a video. It's uh, Elmo, Julia Louise Dreyfus, and another uh, character from Sesame Street. But uh, Julia like flubs a line. She's like, oh. Shit. And I was like, you gotta put $10 in the swear jar. I have seen that. Because they don't break character. You've seen the video, like, where. I forget what happens, like, but like a, a car like crashes and like a, a wheel just like rolls. You think, across. No, you think of Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas, where a drum rolls out yes, of a music shop. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. I'm thinking of that, but like Muppet the, bloopers are the best, just they, because of that yeah, reason. They don't yeah, break yeah. character because you you can't like go like from human voice to Muppet voice and back and forth and back yeah, and forth yeah. 
for six hours. You got to stay in one voice to like stay consistent. Not only do they not break character, they still move the mouth and arms. Yes. So like they didn't, they wouldn't have to do that. They could still just say, "Oh no, look out!" Uh, but no, they still move the mouth as it, and look around as if they're the, they're still the characters. So yeah, that's that's what's great about those guys. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I there there was another tweet that has like no bearing on Seinfeld, but I'll get into that whenever we get into Newman's mail sack. Ooh, Newman's mail sack. Which we do have something in Newman's mail sack this week. All right. Uh, do you have anything else for a top of show? No, I don't. The only thing I want to go back, this is probably going too far with that, the tweets that you mentioned about, you know, people that had a sense of humor or whatever, is that, you know, when you're, when you're, the people who always say like, oh, you can't even joke about anything anymore. You can't even talk to women anymore because this used to be acceptable and this didn't. Yeah, or maybe like, maybe like adapt. To- or it's like, no, you you were being a creep. It's just that they didn't have a voice at the time to say it. So if you <laughs> if you thought something racially insensitive was really funny back then and you could get away with it because people thought it was funny. Maybe you're just There a was creep. a marginalized group that didn't think it was funny that just didn't have a voice. And so, yeah, you were still being creepy, but, uh, you know, or 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 insensitive or whatever. Um, but it's just that people, you know, were, were giving a louder <laughs> voice to marginalized groups. And so the, especially the guys were like, you can't even say anything to women anymore. I used to be able to get away with so much. It's like, yeah, get away with is probably the you know the yeah. the, the operative term there aye, it's aye, like aye. they just didn't want to you were being creepy back then and now you don't know how not to be creepy exactly so, or not you don't know how to not be funny without <laughs> being insensitive or whatever so uh but i but i feel like seinfeld uh, maybe it, it can't get worse as it goes on because we only got more sensitive and jerry seinfeld i mean we've talked before about his sensibilities refusing to change He's like i won't play colleges anymore because they don't you know the yeah. same kind of thing like yeah no it's just they're you're an old man, and they're young, and they, you know, it's like, it's just, they're not going to match up. You either have to change the way you think, yeah, or... Yeah, it's like Jerry hasn't been a college comedian for, what, yeah. almost 30 years? But for, for sure, a college booking, you know, if they could afford it, they would book him, and, you know, especially, like, maybe one of the, some of the, like, yeah, rich private schools Yeah, they wouldn't in, sell tickets to students. I, I bet they would. You think? Yeah. Uh, yeah I, with, with as much as Seinfeld, you know, Seinfeld yeah. and, and stuff yeah, like that has, right. has permeated yeah. college campuses still to this day. I mean, that's when I really got in. You know, I'd watch like hours of Seinfeld on TBS every night or something like that or Fox or yeah, wherever was showing yeah, it. Yeah, I get you. So I think he would sell, especially student price tickets if, if they wanted to do that, but he won't do it anymore. All right, no, that's it. Okay, so, so let's get into things. Uh, if you if you've never listened to us before, give us a listen to the full show. Give us a five star rating and a written review on Apple uh, Apple Podcasts or iTunes. If you do that, we will send you a no hugging, no learning sticker. Uh, we are not a research heavy show. I'm watching these episodes for the first time ever. Tim is watching these episodes for the first time in chronological order after being a huge fan for years. Uh, if you like what you hear, uh, but if we skip over something, if we just miss something entirely, send us an email, send us a tweet uh, at no hugging on Twitter or no hugging no learning show at gmail.com. That being said, season four, episode nine, The Virgin, original air date, November 11th, 1992. I was negative one month and nine days old. Ooh. And if you're looking in TV Guide that night, you're going to see hours before a network meeting, Jerry and George draw a blank. Guest Jane leaves. Huh. I mean, that's it's very interesting because we'll, we'll get to it later, but I agree with the synopsis, but the title was really misleading in all of this because yeah. I didn't think I was going to like this episode just to skip ahead to the very end. I didn't think I was going to like this episode as much as I did 
because I was like, oh god, I remember the subject matter and the story arc, and it's not really reliant on. Yeah, that's it's, a, it's almost mistitled. That's almost more of a B story. Yeah, even even a C story. And it, but it's going to you know there's going to be an arc, but to, to introduce it with this, I'm like, man, eh, interesting. And so that's why I went in kind of with low expectations. I was like, all right, let's get this out of the way. But I really ended up enjoying yeah. this episode a lot more than I thought I was going to. Uh, so we start with a stand up bit as usual, and this is Jerry talking about. Wouldn't it be great to have get out of relationship free cards? Kids love those hilarious Monopoly jokes. You know, I mean, kids are always sitting at home, you know, playing that, Monopoly on a Friday night. You know, that board game from 1930 that was all the rage in 92. True, true. Man. Uh, and it's still huge to this day. I mean, Monopoly fever. You know, everyone's got it. And then, um, you know, Just the other every, person. Every Saturday night, sitting down with your family and playing oh, yeah. Monopoly. That's sit down, it. Sit down and play a board game that lasts five hours. Everyone oh, five hours it. if you're lucky. Oh, five hours, yeah, if you're playing house rules that speed it up. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. Like, anytime I ever played with my family, it was a weekend. I've never finished a game of Monopoly. Really? I've never finished a game. The, the game's done when everybody's bankrupt with one person. Yeah, I, I I've I think, never yeah. finished a game of Monopoly. Have you finished a game of Monopoly? No, I finished a game of Monopoly Junior. Yes. The game specifically designed to keep it moving. Yes, exactly. Monopoly Junior, great. Monopoly, I've never... It always just gets to the point... Where I guess you just you know you just want to give up. One person's it's about oh my wills. god yeah yeah yeah, yeah it, you you just get so bogged down with rules <laughs> yeah. and then there's mortgages yeah. and rent and if you and... ever play you know official rules say if you land on a, a spot and nobody oh wants god. to buy it it goes up for auction. Uh, Have you ever played with that rule? No. I guess that's one way to help it move quicker that, you know... That's, that each property has to go each turn. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. So that by the time everyone's made it around the board, every property... Well, not every property's gone. Only four properties are, you know, or whatever. Um, no, I know I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. But, so you can't land on every but, square. But there, by, yeah. there's no option to just, no, nah, I don't want to buy exactly. it. Exactly. Okay, next turn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I believe that's in the official rules that, that huh. it goes up or auction. So it's just what, highest bidder? The, the banker sells it to the highest yeah, bidder? Yeah. Can the banker buy it? I think so. Okay. Yeah, I don't see why not. Everybody's okay. in except the person who passed on it, I guess. And even them. Uh, I don't e- know. Even, I don't know. Consult your Monopoly rules. Yeah. Because oh, I guess man. if you wanted to say, no, I don't want it, and then you enter the bidding, you could get it for lower than it was on the board for. Oh, I guess so, Conceivably. Yeah. But, I mean, some properties are $12 or something, right? <laughs> <laughs> so consult your Monopoly rules before going by Tim and Ted's Monopoly rules. Uh, but, you know, what if you use a get-out-of-relationship-free card, and the other person has an eight-more-months-of-guilt and torture and pain card, and you have to stick around? I don't know. It, it was just kind of one of these men are from Mars, women are from Venus Ugh, bits. That, men, are, men are like this. Yeah. Women, women are like shopping. this. <laughs> Can't even uh, say women be shopping anymore. Oh, people <laughs> used to have such a sense of humor back in the day. This was really short. Dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just as long as it needed to be, though. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. I, I didn't want this to be any longer. <laughs> no, no. So we we're finding that a lot of his stand-up bits uh, work because of brevity. You know, like, yeah. they're gone before. The, and the ones that the ones that don't work on us are like, oh, he extended the premise either a direction that was not at the top of his intelligence, or he extended the premise to a place that just wasn't funny or wasn't timeless or something, you know? Mm-hmm. But so when they're short like this, we're like, eh, it was, it didn't, it wasn't great, but at least it was short. Yeah, <laughs> <You know>? yeah. <laughs> My favorite thing about it was that it was short. Um, so we opened at the improv, which, uh, you know, I, we're starting to see more and more of uh, as Jerry's bar where he goes to perform, um, Jerry's club, and they're, they have a month and a half, they had a month and a half to finish the pilot, and they still have nothing. Uh-huh. They're down to one day, which is tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow they have a meeting, there, so probably like, you know, 12 or 14 hours from when they're hanging out at the improv to, to be in, at, at NBC, and 
and deliver their idea for the pilot. Uh, George, meanwhile, still has a lift ticket on his big winter coat. And he, when did he? What did he say? He went skiing. I didn't. Six write years that. ago. Six years ago, and he, he uses it to pick up women. Women love uh, skiers, I guess. Um, Jerry spots a woman. Speaking of which, that he almost dated, and she's in the closet business, which I found very uh, prescient. I was like, this the closet business is bigger than ever right now. Personal organizers and stuff like that. Like, I you didn't mean even for know, 2019? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I didn't even know it was a thing in 92. I had no idea, but like this comes back into like me wondering, like it's a very uh, prominent thing in the Seinfeld universe to say you're in the blank business. Mm-hmm. Like Jerry's dad. Yeah, I'm in the wallet business. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, the raincoat business. The, I'm, in, I'm in the raincoat business. There's a raincoat business? <laughs> like, you- I, I, I guess there's people making these things. Yeah, yeah. But I, I mean, it's interesting that, you know... She's like, in the closet business. Yeah. But I mean, doesn't that seem very early for people who would... Because that's, a, that's, it does, that's yeah. a huge business right now. Like, I had no idea it was around as early as 92. But people coming into your house and going, oh, your kitchen should be organized like this. You're, you know, I mean, Marie Kondo, for instance... Yeah, Marie is, Kondo is like maybe, what, 12 in 92? Yeah, I don't exactly. know how old Marie Kondo is. Yeah, but. yeah. Um, and, but she's gigantic right now. She's oh, got the show yeah. tidying up. Her book sales and book tours, you know, sell out all the time. And and she's got this you know, way of organizing things. And she'll go into people's houses and organize them this way. And your clothes should be here like this. And uh, and I remember my mom doing that with her closets at at a certain point, like when I was. But I was already in college or something at that. Yeah. So it was like you know the the early two thousands, <laughs> and and it was still novel. Like someone comes in and tells you where to put stuff. That's the dumbest thing. Just organize it yourself. You know. Yeah. But there are people who. We're able to market themselves, but I, 92 seems like super early to me. And he does kind of have to explain it to George, you know, like, oh, she comes in and reorganize your closet, so it's all organized or whatever. Yeah. Um, so, I tell you what, I could definitely use a closet organizer, yeah. but that would uh, require us to not have, like, garbage, like, hanging, uh, like, like, the racks that we have in our closet yeah, yeah. are, like, broken. Oh, they, yeah. they, they were broken when we moved in. Right. That... And, like, we've just got, like, stuff shoved in our closet. Grace has got, like, her clothes all over the floor all the time. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, she'd step, like, one (laughs) foot into our bedroom and be like, okay, I'm going to need some overtime pay. (laughs) Burn it to the ground. That's the first <laughs> my, That's the first thing I want to do. All right, do. donate everything to Goodwill, <laughs> dog crop. hair and all. <laughs> yeah, start it over. Uh, and so her name is Marla. They do a funny, quote-unquote, intro bit here where Yeah, it's just a back and Marla, forth of all of their names. Jerry, Stacy, Stacy, George. Yeah, I'm like, uh, okay, Jerry, this is very funny. <sighs> Good job. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so Jerry, you know, Marla asked Jerry about how his trip to Berlin went. And it turns out he lied about being uh, going to Berlin to see the wall come down in order to get out of the relationship <laughs> with Marla. Um, and interestingly enough, Marla's boyfriend went to Berlin yeah, and he, never came back. He was so inspired that Jerry was going to go that he decided to go too. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, he which just, only gets he, funnier as you as we go go into the story, you know. And he just yeah, he never came back. <laughs> he never came back. Oh no. Um, and I, so I, I looked into it. By the way, the Berlin Wall fell in November of 1991. I think it's already come up on the show before, but it, oh, has it? it was okay. Still, I mean, that's still. Only a year ago. Yeah. This is November of 92. Yeah. And they, oh, the, they didn't film this the same month. I mean, so think of when they filmed oh, this. True. That was still a new thing. Yeah, it was, it was a very, t- very yeah. timely thing. And there's another thing that comes up in the show that we'll get to that is a huge event looking back on. Oh, wow. That is right like before it happens. Oh, 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 okay. I can't wait to, I can't, I, I don't think I picked <laughs> up on this. Jeez, I can't wait to see what this is. Um, and so George is talking to a, 
woman, the Stacy. I guess Stacey, he's talking yep. to Stacy while Marla yeah. and, and Jerry and catch again, up. Again, like in my notes, I write Susan. <laughs> I don't because know because you know George is doing something wrong right now. Exactly. <laughs> but also, I don't know why they introduce. Uh, more women that George is talking to whose names begin with S. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is the second time. Who was it last Stella. Week? Stella, Stacy, yeah, Susan. Yeah, Susan. <laughs> um, so, and Jerry talks up his gift of writing. He's like, well, you know, it's a, it's a gift. I look at it like a gift. Like, this is, he still hasn't written anything. No, he hasn't written a thing. <laughs> but he still is calling the, himself they, a writer. They've written, I come in, yeah. you say hello, I, <laughs> I say, say hi, hi, you say How's it going? Yeah, yeah. That's what they have so far. That's the that's, that's their show. They don't even have an idea of what the, where the show's going to go. <laughs> they that's all they have, and so he's talking it up. And right before, uh, you know, right as he's talking about his gift, he zips up his jacket so that the lift ticket is visible yeah. above the table where there's yeah, he, yeah. He zips up his winter coat in the bar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Kids nerd. Do, I remember kids doing this at my school though, like when they just go zip skiing. it all the way up. No, or, oh, the, the ski the, tag. Have the, have oh the yeah. On their oh my god, yeah. <laughs> Until the next time they went skiing, yeah. there was one kid who just kept all of his lift tickets on his jacket. What? Yeah, weren't they like a giant brick of lift yes. tickets at a certain point? Yes. Jeez, I don't I, know why. Yeah, maybe for the chicks, man. Maybe. <laughs> Uh, okay, so we're at Monk's Cafe afterwards, and um, George, you know, uh, the, Jerry and George are discussing him talking with other women. Uh, I guess, is this where he's saying he's never had anything that he could say? Oh, no, that was last week, right? Where he was like, no one, you know, um, I've never had a good answer to what do you do before, and uh, now he does. No, that was this week. That was this one? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, he's saying uh, that he, he finally has an answer yeah. to... Uh, what do you do? But he's in a relationship. Yeah, yeah. And so, can George date someone else? And Jerry starts giving him a sort of yeah. uh, metrics on whether or not he's in a relationship. Yeah, he's like, uh, well, okay. Let me let me ask you about your Saturday nights. Do you have to ask her out on a date, or is it implied? Yeah, it's implied. It's implied. What's your phone call frequency every day? Every come on, every, what's every, every day? Yeah, every couple Four of days. five times a week yeah. max. Yeah. yeah, he asks her. He asks him if she has uh, anything in his medicine cabinet. Mm-hmm. He's like eh, some moisturizer, yeah. maybe. And he gets to the real the real hammer of the questions. Yeah. Is there any tampons in your apartment? <laughs> and George, I, I love George's response. He just, yeah. <laughs> it, it's it's, it's kind of like Kramer's yeah from the opera. Where's, <laughs> are you still afraid of clowns? Yeah. Or no, you, you do your Joe DeVoe. Uh, are you still afraid of clowns? And he's just like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's sheepish and resigned that, that Jerry nailed him uh, there with that. So you got yourself a girlfriend, is what he says. Uh, and George... You know, so George, he's, he's like, it's not fair. This is where he says, it's not fair. Finally, I have a good answer for what do you do. Yeah. He's like, you get the job so you can get a girlfriend. And then you get a girlfriend, you still have the job. You can't get any other women with it. Uh, something like that. Uh, so once again, it's not fair. Exactly. The universe owes yeah. George, and, and, and women especially, <laughs> that when now he's at a good place oh, in life, no. women owe him their attention. And now, uh, you know, now he's got this woman that he's got to pay attention to. And Jerry has to explain to George, because he, he's thinking of dumping Susie. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, if you dump her, the show's over. Yeah. And George has no clue. Right. He's like, well, wait, 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 why? And Jerry's like, you have a job that you get girls, but you have a relationship. You get rid of the relationship <laughs> to get the girls, and you lose the job. Yeah. And this is a whole new concept to George. Yeah, yeah. But I love how Jerry, like, Jerry would be okay, I think, with losing the pilot. You think so? That's the way he was talking. Was like, it's, well, not, it's not like they have much progress on it so far. And Jerry, yeah, I mean, like, this may be his shot, but I don't, the way he said it was like, well, the pilot's dead if you do that. And the way he said it wasn't very, like, you can't do it because the pilot's dead. The yeah, way, that's I, true. Like, 
So I don't know. It seems like Jerry's like, eh, take it or leave it. But then know? again, uh, the later scene when they're at NBC yeah. would would beg to differ. That's true. That's true. Um, yeah. So I love how, but I do love how Jerry still, even though he's screwed in the situation, chuckles at the irony. He's like, it, you got to appreciate the irony or something like that. He's like, it's very <laughs> ironic. You know, don't you see the irony? Something like that where he's again like prodding George and his hilarious, you know, uh, anxious nature. Um, so. Then George comes up with a, with a great plan to get rid of Susan. What if I get David Letterman to date her? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Apparently yeah. she's got a huge crush on Letterman, who yeah. was at NBC at the time. Yeah, and th- this is the other thing that I was uh, talking oh, about. Because right, right, right. I knew like uh, the whole Letterman-Leno debacle about yeah. who was going to get The Tonight Show was around this time. I looked it up. This episode aired oh my seven gosh. months before this whole thing happened. Wow, that's crazy. Like I, I looked up, it was uh what, late no, or the late show with David Letterman. Yeah. Went until June of ninety three. Wait, no, you're thinking of late it was late night with David Letterman. Yes, yeah, yes. yeah. Because they didn't change it when Conan came. That's late right. Night with Conan O'Brien. Yeah, it was uh, late, late night late night I think. Yeah, yeah, because late show was his CBS one. Yes. Yeah, yeah, late night with David Letterman went until June of ninety three and this is uh November of ninety two. Wow. I'm like, oh my God. That's hilarious. He he was about to be like completely ousted from NBC and nobody knew. So when did the Late Show started in '93? Uh, no, Late Night with David Letterman. Oh, that's when it went, ended. Went through June of '93. Oh, so I don't. I'm guessing nothing had happened yet. No, like there hadn't been a yeah. Well, we're going to give the Tonight Show to Jay. Maybe yet. not, but there, that might have been in the works. But I know NBC. If you thought they bungled the Conan Jay thing, they bungled the Letterman Leno oh, thing I've, I've even heard. more. I've yeah. heard. I've heard that the Conan Jay thing was like literally only a tenth of the debacle <laughs> of the Jay and David thing. Yeah, from what I've read, and it was and NBC like shot themselves in the foot over uh-huh. that, and then learned nothing, of course. Uh, but like, because he had months and months. Fifteen years later, baby, <laughs> he had months to promote his own show on CBS because his contract on NBC yeah. had run out. So he was talking about, like, hey, come watch me on CBS later. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, during his tenure on NBC. So, yeah, it was, it was absolutely just, yeah, completely bungled. So it might have been even in the works by then, but I don't I don't remember too much about the details. Uh, so, but yeah, so Susan's got it. Maybe you can get Letterman to date her as his huge plan <laughs> to get out of it. That way she'll dump him and not... Uh, you know, and not and and the pile will be okay because it won't be George's fault. Yeah, it'll be Susan's fault. Yeah, and George has the line. He's like, "I'm just thinking." And Jerry's <laughs> yeah. like, "I don't think you are." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so in George's uh, Jerry's apartment, sorry, uh, Marla is uh, um, analyzing his closet space, and this is a rare shot of Jerry's bedroom. Yeah. Um, I like all the pictures of cars on the wall, uh, <laughs> just as a yeah, man in his thirties yeah. should have. <laughs> you know, how, how many framed portraits of cars do you have oh. in you and Sam? Sarah's bedroom. Plenty of race cars and Porsches oh, yeah. and yeah, posters and yeah, that's that's all there is. But do you not sleep, our kids or our wedding? But yeah. do you sleep in a race car bed? <laughs> I, no, I sleep in a bed with my wife. <laughs> uh, I'm be, I, it would be great if it panned around and Jerry had the race car bed. Actually, I, I wouldn't be surprised if George still had the race car bed because be he's the one with like we, the Justice we, League. We, above yeah, we his, know he has the Justice League poster <laughs> right above his bed. Yeah. Oh um, my god. <laughs> so oh, and not only that, so all the pictures of cars and no less than six pairs of stark white sneakers oh, God, in his really? normcore closet. Yeah, they're, oh, they're up on the I top shelf. That. And it, I kind of I was like, wow, Jerry loved those Man. stark white dad normcore sneakers. Man, you thought <laughs> you thought this was bad? You should have seen, uh, seen my uncle's house before he passed. He literally only wore uh, New Balance 600 sneakers. Yeah. Stark white. <laughs> he must have had 10 or like 12 pairs of these things. Oh my things. gosh, wow. And the thing was... 
he it, my 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 uncle was a, a bit of a redneck. So <laughs> it, instead of like having a shoe rack or yeah. something, he had like nail pegs in like the utility room. Yeah, uh, like just into a board, and he hung up his sneakers. Like he would tie the shoelaces on, together. No, oh. no, like on the back of the shoe. Like the, the shoe would be facing towards the wall, and the sole would be facing like outward. Yeah, he just hung like the back of the shoe on, on this the nail. nail, and he had probably ten or twelve. Oh my gosh! Like, so each shoe pair. had its own nail. Yes. Wow. I'd, each, I'd, each shoe had its own nail. I have a tough time keeping that straight. Like he had shoes so, would be so many pairs of sneakers. <laughs> like he he would find like a pair of sneakers, say like at like Walmart or Pennies or something. He yeah. would find like a pair that he would wear, and he'd buy like four uh, or five of them because he knew that he would go through them. I love that. I love that way of thinking. I, I always want to do that. Like when I have a jacket or something that I love, <laughs> or, or a pair of jeans, I'm like, why didn't I buy three pairs of these? Because I love it, and I wear them, you know. And then they, they when they're in the wash, I miss them. You know, or when I, you know, like, I, I'd never buy new shoes because it's such an ordeal for me to go and yeah, find a pair I, I like. The, the and, shoes I'm wearing right now, I wish I would have bought in, like, another pair yeah. of. You should see the heels of the, I'm about to touch asphalt when I walk. Like, that's how thin the heel is now because I've had these <laughs> shoes for, like, three years because I just hate yeah. going and buying new pairs of shoes. So I, I do love that way of thinking. Um, but I, I'm always, I'm also wondering, too, like, when I'm going to get into stark white giant sneakers like dad's wear you know like one of my favorite uh tweets from i'm over telling the, you you got to get into those new balances i know i do love new balances but i always buy like interesting colors you know like yeah. red or i don't know just, you just plain yeah. white i know stark white I, I one of my favorite tweets from over memorial day weekend was um you know a bunch of pictures in, of dads in those big clunky yes. stark white sneakers and it was like if uh if the person manning the grill at the barbecue isn't wearing these i'm not eating <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's the guy that knows how to grill right there. Uh, and that's the guy that will like critique my lawn. You know, like, oh, well, you know what you got to do? The edging. Yeah, it, Look at that. It's, it's literally uh, it's literally that progressive commercial. Yeah, I don't know if yeah. you've seen it. It's like, it's hey, my favorite. hey, can you make me a burger? And all Poof. the dads at the same time, poof, you're a burger. Yeah. And they start squaring up on the guy who's like, oh, I don't know. Some kid, uh, you know, some kid does it. I pay him 20 bucks. And they're like, you don't mow your own lawn. How dare you? <laughs> and and the, the woman talking to the, the girl at the pool, she's like, oh, you have a tattoo. Do you not work? Hilarious. Oh, my. How, oh. Are, those, how are those so well written? I don't know. Yeah, the, the people who write those commercials need much better. Even the they, one, they're the ones who need like network sitcom deals. <laughs> exactly. Even the one with just the guy and the girl, who the guy is turning into his dad, and he's like, "Look at that mulch," you know. And he's like, "Oh yeah." He's oh, in the well, that uh, guy. That guy is on a sitcom. He's on You're the Worst on FX. Oh really? FXX. Oh, maybe. Wow. Was yeah. he also one of the birthday boys? I swear, I, I write from that he sketch show. The might birthday boy. Be. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, because I, I knew I, I recognized him. I don't know him. all the birthday boys yeah. by their face. Oh, come on, yes, you do. The only the only birthday boys. I know are like Mike Mitchell. Oh, okay. I don't even know who that is, but I watched the show and I, I so I might recognize, so he looked like one of those, but I might be getting him mixed up with one of the other guys, but I know I'd seen him before, so maybe it was just in promos for You're the Worst or something. Maybe. But yeah, that's good. I'm glad that guy's working because that commercial is hilarious. <laughs> anyway, back anyway, on track. Anyway. I don't remember um, where we were oh, at. Oh, well, sort of like your <laughs> uncle, Marla suggests hooks everywhere. Yeah. Which is amazing. Your, yeah. your uncle could have been a closet. He was a trendsetter. Yeah, and we didn't even know it. Well, first of all, he was normcore sneaker, normcore sneakerhead. Oh hell yeah! And secondly, uh, he was into <laughs> hooks, and so that's what Marla says. We'll put everything on hooks. Are you fussing about your pants? Uh, because I really think that those would suffer the most by putting being hung oh, on yeah. hooks. They'd be wrinkly as hell. Oh god! Um, yeah. Shirts are one thing. You know, you can sort of like 
like wrinkle those in a way if you hang it up like that, like a jacket. You know, if you hung a jacket on a hook or whatever, it would it would hang okay, but not pants. Um, but yeah, and then um, Kramer enters to watch TV. Bold and the beautiful, the bold and beautiful, a great soap opera. You so know, know you know that of... show that all men in their mid thirties are watching. <laughs> yeah. So we know it's the middle of the day too. Yes, uh, and and Jerry's home, of course, but Kramer does nothing, so uh-huh. he wants to watch soap opera. He gave his television to George because he's addicted. <laughs> he was um, watching too much of it. Yeah, watching. Too much TV, but now he's just over at Jerry's all the time. So again, like Kramer is right back to treating Jerry's apartment like a vacation land. Yeah, like he said before he went to LA, um, <laughs> just a different you know. And, and the keys made him realize that, but now he can go in whenever he wants again. And so that's where the TV is in vacation land. Uh, and then Marla comes out of the bedroom, and Kramer makes his perv face. <laughs> oh God! Yeah, he's like, <laughs> um, Jerry. Uh, he's like trying to get him to go outside, and Kramer's like, "There's nothing for me outside." They're <laughs> yeah. like, "There's weather." <laughs> yeah. Um, and I guess he eventually does leave, and Marla is talking about you know her boyfriend again going to Berlin, um, and she was about to the relationship was about to end anyway, mm-hmm. um, and. Then, because uh, she, she wouldn't move in with him. Well, Elaine buzzes, by the way. She's coming up. And Marla wouldn't move in with him because I'm a virgin. And that's right when Elaine enters. Perfect timing. <laughs> and Jerry's face, which yeah. I, I want to make this the cover art <laughs> for, for, for this episode. What was it? Just, uh, it was that shock? It was, just, it was just Jerry's face. Like, as Elaine is coming in, immediately after yeah. uh, Marla says, because I'm a virgin. Yeah. And he's just like, uh, <laughs> I don't know what to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was probably almost happy that Elaine came in for a second because then she talks about this uh, this hair thing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, she bought she, this hair thing at a crazy party she was at. Yeah, uh, and she sat her purse down on the sofa and her diaphragm goes flying <laughs> out. Yeah, which by the way, I, I must say, this confused me so much as a kid. I just, I mean, think of, I mean, it's 92. I can't talk Google about, on my phone what a diaphragm is. So I'm like, yeah, talk about a dated reference, too. Yeah, yeah. I was like, when's the last, when I was, I was watching it now, I was like, when's the last time you heard anything called that? Yeah. Um, but as a kid, especially, I was like, out of my depth, I was like, all right, Seinfeld sex joke. I'm just never going to understand. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> and, and then you watch it back now and you're like, Oh, I get it now. Yeah. I make Kramer's perv face. But she says, uh, you never know when you're going to need it, right? <laughs> well, looking to Marla, right for, Marla. For, the, uh, yeah. for the clarification. Women like, carry right? on their diaphragms. Big deal. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Looking for, yeah, just agree- uh, an agreement from Marla in this. Um, <laughs> but, and- but Marla leaves immediately, yeah. and Elaine's like, is this something I said? And Jerry's like, she's a virgin. Yeah, she and just she's told like, me. Yeah, and uh, she's like, well, I didn't know. And Jerry's like, it's it's not like spotting a toupee, <laughs> yeah. but uh, Elaine chases her, and she she's gonna try and catch up with her and just like apologize. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, uh, George comes up. We get we get a fade to George like looking out the window. Yeah, George comes. Up, yeah, fade to in the apartment one minute later. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know why we needed a fade, and George just couldn't just walk in. Yeah, yeah, that was that was kind of weird. But yeah, he's looking out the window, and he's like, you know, he's shocked. He's shocked as Jerry, and he's George couldn't date a virgin. Because, you know, people always remember their first time, and I don't want to be remembered, I want to be forgotten, which is another Georgism that I identify with so much. <laughs> really? Like, yeah. I, I, like, I go to the extent in relationships sometimes to, like, when the family would take a picture, and I was on a trip with them somewhere, I don't know, we just went to a theme park, or just something simple. Were you, know? you the like, one who took the photo? Let me take this, I don't want it, you guys don't want oh, me in this man, picture. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, jeez. Like, you don't want to look back at this happy moment in your life and see me. Like, I would seriously... <laughs> 
you know, I was like, we don't know where this is going. Uh, chances are it's I'm not going to end o- well. I'm only the son. <laughs> yeah, or, yeah. Like, chances... No, not my family. Oh, I thought you said your no, family. Oh. Her family. Oh, okay. No, of course I want to stay in my family. Oh, that's what I thought you were talking no, about. No, when I'd go out with her family. Oh, like, when I'd go okay. out with a, with a girl's family, a that's, woman's family. Okay, well, that's smart. I thought yeah. you were talking about your family no, growing up. No, I want to be in my you're, family you're forever. You're like 12 and you're the one taking the photo of your family... Like at some amusement park, you're like, no. let me take this. I don't know no. if I'm going to be around much longer. In relationships, I want to be forgotten. No, my parents were anti-vaxxers, so I thought, you know, you're not even going to want to think about this. You're not even going to want to think. Let me take the picture, and that way you've got deniability. You, you, you reached your whole lifespan. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. You, had, you had a nice long exactly. 12 years. Exactly. Um, no, I, I, but in, when I was in relationships, I wouldn't want to be in pictures, because I was like, you guys are not going to want to look back and go, Oh look, there's yeah. Tim Murphy. Yeah, and honestly, well, this picture's ruined. And honestly, I'm sure like the the woman that you were seeing at the time kind of appreciated <laughs> Probably, that. Yeah, she's like, eh, I mean, look, this is nice for now. Yeah, but exactly. I, I don't, I don't see a, a long future. But with it's this. also sort of betting on, <laughs> you know, betting on the no pass line, like yeah. betting that you're gonna hit craps and it's gonna, you know, yeah. Or, do, was was there a point in you and Sarah's relationship very early on that you did that with her family that you're like, uh, let me take the photo. Honestly, no, I can't think of any specific time. So maybe that's a good sign. Hey, yeah, there maybe we if you want to be in, yeah. I, if if you want, if you feel like you want to be included in the family yeah. photo, then things are going great. If they'll look back and go, oh, oh yeah, he, oh, I'm he so was, glad he was, he was a picture. nice boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whatever happened to him? How did you mess that up with Tim Murphy? My son-in-law could be Tim Murphy right now, well, and life would be perfect. Well, you see, his parents were anti-vaxxers, <laughs> yeah. and it turned out he was twelve the whole time. <laughs> yeah, he's dead. He was a ghost the whole time. <laughs> I had no idea. Um, they got to get to work on the pilot because, again, the meeting is. Well, is it today now? I'm guessing. Yeah, it is. It's in a couple hours. Yeah. yeah. But George wants to order Chinese food anyway and put off working on it even more. When Jerry calls. Well, let me see if Kramer wants anything. Before he can even finish his sentence, hey, we're ordering Chinese food. You want right, Kramer? Right then, you hear, you hear like Kramer's door <laughs> slam open and slam shut and just boom right yeah. through Jerry's door. Jerry he's, was talking to nobody from like saying, we're ordering to like, because he's still talking and Kramer barges in. Like, <laughs> So Kramer had already like hung up the phone. The dial tone hadn't started yet. And and, jo- and Jerry's like, so yeah, I, I love when, when anything's being offered for free or whatever, Kramer's oh like God, right there, yeah. which I love. And and this is hilarious too. So Jerry and, and Kramer argue about who's going to share whose food. But um, I like that Kramer right before George, uh, while George is making the call, he says, "Get extra MSG." Yeah, which is which was a hilarious joke at the time because I still don't really know what MSG is. I, I think people still use it, especially just, in Asian cooking. I think it's just like extra salt. Yeah, salt is, and is it flavoring. Salt? Yeah, but it, yeah, it's like monosodium glucose dextrose, whatever. You know, it's like that. <laughs> it's shortened to MSG. But there were huge. Like Dateline, Dateline was probably on at the time. Um, With Keith Morrison. Whatever, yeah, or 60 Minutes, whatever, um, style exposés on MSG and what it was doing to our bodies and stuff like that. So the fact that Kramer wanted extra MSG was like a very timely and topical joke. Uh, (laughs) And it's still kind of funny because we all still kind of know what it is, but it's not... It's not enough, near yeah. the level of what it was right. back then. I'm trying yeah. to think of like what do people care? Like if he was asking for get extra gluten or get extra, <laughs> you know, something like people weren't really sensitive to, but all of a sudden the news was telling us like, yes, you are. Everybody is, you know, yeah. but like, well, no, you have to have this special disease or at least a little sensitivity. No, nobody should have gluten or whatever, you know. So it's like it's like Kramer <laughs> going get extra carbs, 
get extra carbs on mine. Oh, you know, God. that'd be like the funny topical like joke for you know today. <laughs> and I guess even carbs is only a joke from 15 years ago too. So today you'd have to say you know get extra gluten on mm-hmm. mine. Um, so we're, then we're at monks later, and uh, Elaine and Marla. Uh, Elaine's kind of giving Marla an interesting birds and the bees talk. Like she is a virgin, but being a virgin doesn't mean you don't know anything about sex. Yeah, that's the weird thing. But I mean, Elaine might be it's telling not like it. you're completely clueless. Yeah, exactly. It's like when someone doesn't drink, it doesn't mean they don't know what alcohol is. You yeah, know? like or what it do- like. Yeah, like I like I don't drink, and it's not like I know like. Ooh, what's this yeah, stuff? Yeah. Ooh, yeah. yeah. Like, what does it do to your body? And I, you know, it's what? like you're not completely clueless about it. You just, just you choose not to do it for whatever reason. This <laughs> is a weird. Or like, you know, if you don't smoke marijuana, it doesn't mean you're completely like. Yeah. What is this glass pipe? What would you what? do with this? Yeah. What is this? It, so why is this? <laughs> what what is this bomb yeah. device? If Marla wasn't also in her mid thirties or whatever, she seems to be. She seems to be the same age as everybody. Yeah. Which is also here's what also I think is really. Like they dressed her like a Victorian uh, grandmother. You know, yeah. she's got a she's got her shirt buttoned all the way up. It's a white frilly shirt with like a big blazer over. And it. Then she have like a brooch. Yeah, too? she's got a brooch yeah. that's like carved out of whalebone. I'm like. <laughs> Just because she's a, you don't have to make a caricature out of a virgin. Like, I don't know. It just, it just seemed very easy to me. Uh-huh. You know, like, of course a virgin would be a buttoned up librarian. Well, of course. Type. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Elaine is saying that every man changes five seconds after <laughs> sex. Uh, they all have to be up early. They all turn into farmers all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah. Oh, which, I got to get up really I, early. Which I thought was really funny. <laughs> yeah. it is, this is a funny conversation <laughs> because she's not telling her about the birds and the bees. Because, you know, obviously Marla knows what PIV is. But what Elaine is doing is telling it like it is. She's being a little, you know, she's doing real talk yeah you know like guys want to leave right after you know which may be something and obviously it is something marla hadn't heard before maybe um, yeah so judging by how she reacts i'm guessing yeah so. and i love that this line too like it must be really good to go through all this trouble no, with guys no, she, she says you must be really oh, good is to that put what the up- caption said yeah okay. she says, you must be really good to put up with all that and oh Elaine, yeah and Elaine just eh See, that's why I went back and I was like, well, it doesn't make sense in that context. You must be really good to put up with all that. Oh, men leaving. She'd rather, she's thinking the men would rather, Elaine would rather have the men stay. I'm guessing. You must be really good. See, that's why I thought it was like, it must be really good to put up with men acting like this. But you must be really good doesn't make much sense to me then. I'm guessing she's saying like, yeah, Elaine, you must be good at sex. And then you have to then, wait, put up with the men leaving. Yeah. Yeah, right. This is weird. Like it breaks down, and you can't explain why in the middle there when it's you. Because that's why I was like, "Oh, it must be wow. Sex must be really good to put up with all of this stuff from guys to like." And that, and I like that's why I like Elaine's response too. Like, eh, it's they're not that great. Yeah, guys, it's not that great. Yeah, if you can help <laughs> us decipher this line, please hit us Are up. You hit our email. Where it said you in the caption. It said you must okay. be really good to put up with all that. Elaine says. Eh. Yeah, 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 and because and, and, it, it was very mumbly, and I didn't turn the captions on. That's why I just assumed it was. It must be really good, like, and that's why I thought Elaine's reaction was funnier. Now this scene's just confusing to me. <laughs> uh, so back in the apartment, time for the pilot idea. We stumble upon George, and I don't know where. I'd love to know where he came up with this idea. Yeah, me too. Um, because you could tell it was something. He's like, all right, this is it's time to because it's fully formed in his mind. So he's he's considered it before. George was in a car accident, and the motorist was uninsured. And the judge decrees that because it was all that motorist's fault, that he should become George's butler. <laughs> <laughs> so George has not yeah. only written himself into like coming up with this idea with Jerry. He's now the star. he's the star of the show. Yeah, <laughs> and Jerry's like, well, well, I do. Hey, we'll, we'll find, find something for you. For you. <laughs> Elaine and Marla enter with Ping, who is a recurring character now on the show. We've seen Ping before. Have we? Yeah, yeah. I'm almost certain we have. 
Oh, he's the guy who talked to the guy in China about the hair res- restoration cream. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, so that's yeah. where we saw Ping. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Ping uh, was, ran into a parked car on his bike when Elaine and Marla were crossing uh, the street and didn't see him coming, and he had to, you know, veer to miss them, and he ran into a parked car. Um, George immediately is like, how's the food? Yeah. 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 They're all, like, talking to Ping, like, seeing if he's all right, and George's like, something happened to the food? Yeah. Um, and the only dish he was able to save were Kramer's pea pods, which George and Kramer <laughs> were arguing about, that George wasn't going to give Kramer any of his food, and Kramer wasn't going to give him any, any of his pea pods. Um, and so Elaine and Ping are, are arguing over, you know, whose fault it is, and Ping's threatening to sue. Jerry and Kramer are arguing over the TV, because Kramer is barged in again and wants to watch something on TV. Uh, and it's just a big mess of uh, arguing as we go into commercial. And we come back at NBC... And they still don't have a pilot idea. Yeah. They're at NBC and they don't have a pilot yeah, they, idea. They had a month and a half and we did nothing, is yeah. what they said. Yeah. Absolutely nothing. Yeah, but Jerry uh, is now in a panic. Oh, yeah. but he, now, he, now he could not take it or leave it. Now he wants it. Exactly. And he says, Jerry just like recites the crazy events of that day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and we got nothing. Yeah. That's <laughs> hilarious. Um, and so then George sees Letterman and runs off. Jerry, Jerry, meanwhile, is still panicking about his career being over. Yeah, he's like, one bad impression, you're out of the business! Yeah, yeah. He yells this line, too. <laughs> then Jerry goes into the meeting, and Russell is in L.A., because there was a problem on set at Blossom, <laughs> which is like the fifth shot at Blossom that we've had on Seinfeld, which yeah. makes me think that the writers must have thought that was the dumbest show and was the funniest thing to make fun of. <laughs> I mean, could you imagine a problem on the set of Blossom? It was three teenage girls... Like a guy in his twenties, an old TV veteran, Joey Lawrence. You know, I mean, like <laughs> the fact that there would be a problem on the set of Blossom is akin to like how funny the behind the scenes world of Saved by the Bell is to everybody learning about it in the future. You know, like there was a problem on the set of Blossom. Blossom was mentioned when he was in his apartment. Like, uh, you know, oh, you, well, tonight uh, you got Blossom on NBC. You know, Blossom's on Thursday night. The yeah. big Blossom poster in the. I mean, I think. Seinfeld must have thought Blossom was hilarious and just wanted to. Maybe, I mean, they're yeah. not really making fun of it. Yeah, they're just bringing it up. They're just bringing it up. But cross I mean, promotion, baby. But also, there was a problem on the set of Blossom. Is like the the closest shot over the bow that we've had that I just think is very <laughs> funny. Oh, so he's got. We've got a couple ideas. The first idea is the entire do an entire show. You know how when you're waiting for a table at the Chinese restaurant, they say it's going to be five minutes, but it ends up being the whole you know thirty minutes or so, and you run into someone you know, and you get into you know crazy situations. Yeah, and his pitch. Falls totally <laughs> yeah, yeah. flat. Just met with stairs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and oh, but I mean, we didn't mention that there's Rita is who's who's sitting in for Russell here. Um, oh yeah, and she she's just glaring at him, and, and all the other suits are following suit because that's what net- network suits yeah. do. Uh, the second idea. Jerry just straight up steals Jerry's butler idea with George's him. idea. George, yeah, Jerry yep. steals George's butler's idea with him as the star. And it's met with immediate <laughs> it enjoyment. Kills. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he just gets like the first line out about, you know, and the George says, uh, the judge says he's got to be my butler. I yeah. mean, it, everyone starts cracking up immediately. Yeah. And, and then Jerry includes the line. He's like, yeah, and I'm just walking around with one of those big, like, collars. <laughs> neck braces. Yeah. Neck and collars, did, yeah. did you catch one of the network suits just screaming, those collars are funny? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I agree. They're, I mean, they're funny in 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 the certain context. When you see somebody in this, and they can't move, so they have to move their whole shoulders. I mean, those collars are funny. Yeah, I just just that just yeah. his reaction of like that of an eight year old. 
Those callers are yeah. funny. Think I can immediately think of two callers that are hilarious in the comedy world. <laughs> One is when Ernest P. Worrell would dress up as his mom or whoever that old lady was. Do you remember the Ernest no. movies where so there was a lady who had a neck I mean, I remember on. the Ernest movies. Yeah. I've never seen so any of them. So one of the characters that he would dress up as is, is an old woman and she was okay. wearing a neck brace and so she would talk like this because they were squeezing her and she couldn't <laughs> move. Uh, and it would push. he would push his chin way forward and so that was hilarious. And then um, I want to say 16 Candles with uh, Joan Cusack in the uh, full, um, you know, full halo and that sort of neck brace and being unable to move. Um, so those are two neck braces from comedy history that immediately spring to mind. So I agree with this network exec that if you wanted to make a sitcom called Neck Collars, I would greenlight it yesterday. <laughs> Do you agree? Those yeah. collars are funny? Okay. <laughs> Just wanted to make sure I wasn't alone here and we are going to get like, you know, that was one of the like, Tim... People are sensitive about collar jokes now. You can't joke about it. That's one of the things that Seinfeld is there's, very offensive there's about. There's a lot of people that are sensitive about <laughs> to funny, be honest, funny collars. To, to be honest, to the be people honest, in neck braces. A lot of people are talk <laughs> Oh, God. To be honest, that's when people talk about Seinfeld being offensive, this is the joke they're pointing the, to. The, this is exactly <laughs> the I thing and the only thing <laughs> the they're talking about. The only thing about. that they're like, that did not age well. Uh, but so, and, and so, yeah, Jerry digs in with the collar idea, like you were saying. And that's when George enters and greets everybody in the room, Rita, uh, you know, and um, the, the, the other suits. The other suits. He, he gives a kiss to Susan. Yeah. Thinking nothing of it, um, um, but she immediately gets a worried look on her face, mm -hmm. and Rita stares at her. Oh yeah, Rita's glaring. Yeah, Rita's glaring and staring at Susan. And uh, I just got the idea of like she hasn't told anybody they're dating. Right, right. Which is smart yeah. because you're working with them. Exactly. It's a huge conflict of interest to greenlight the sitcom of the man you're dating. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and. But I, I like this too. That George is like, "Hey, you tell him my butler idea," and he's like, "Yeah," and he's like. Jerry gets a chance to use the line again. Don't worry, we'll find something for you to join. What am I going to do? Don't worry, we'll find something for you. Because uh, now he's the star of the show. Yeah. So back I mean, in... he should have been. Exactly. The, the exactly. whole show is built around Jerry, <laughs> yeah, Jerry. being attached. Um, back in Jerry's apartment, Letterman nicks the idea of dating Susan. Yeah, he said there was nothing he could do, and that next time George should break the Prozacs in half. <laughs> that's hilarious. I, I feel I, I feel like that's I mean something Letterman would have said. They write. They wrote a Letterman line so well. Yeah, you know? actually. Yeah. Um, Kramer uh, is back watching TV, I guess? I think so. Yeah, he's watching Jeopardy. Yeah, yeah, that's right. He's watching Jeopardy. Yeah. Meanwhile... He, he tells George that Susan called for him at Jerry's. Yeah, yeah. Um, weirdly enough. And then, so Kramer... So George returns a call, and Susan's been fired. Um, All because, because the, George yeah. kissed her. And she thought he would have known to hide that at right. meetings. Yeah. But she's like, you're a stupid man. <laughs> yeah. And then, so George's like, wow, she was fired. This is great! Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's ecstatic. He's like, finally, my stupidity pays off! <laughs> yeah. Uh, meanwhile, all this is happening. Kramer's still playing Jeopardy with yeah, the TV. Yeah, he's yelling Jeopardy answers, which we guess are correct. Uh, yeah. Because he's excited about getting them right. Yeah. And me while George is uh, so excited, Jerry convinces him to stay with her until she finds another job. He's yeah. like, you can't break up with her you now. You can't leave. You just got her fired. Yeah. It's, your, it's still your fault you got her fired. And so you have to stay until she gets a new job, or at least a, a couple of interviews or yeah. something like that. Which, which George then agrees to, begrudgingly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but he really, 
I, I, there's kind of a bit of humanity in George here. He's like, yeah, you're right. I'd be a pretty awful person if I just broke up with her right now. Yeah. Did you recognize his line? Every time I think I'm out, they keep pulling me back in. Oh, yeah. Did you recognize that? No. What, oh, was it from Godfather? Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. Every okay. Every time I think I'm out, they keep pulling me back in. <laughs> um, I, believe, I think Michael Corleone says it. Uh, okay, so yeah, n- then we're uh, we're at the apartment at nighttime. Yeah. I don't think it is a smash cut. I think we get like a full yeah, transition. Yeah, nice little fade. Yeah. Jerry and Marla are making out in the closet which is kind of like are they also implying that she's in the closet business because closets turn her on or that they happen to be looking at it and that's where they started kissing maybe that's what i wonder you know like is is it a weird like kink of hers that she's that into closets (laughs) or is that what they're trying to say uh i probably not they probably would have made it a little more obvious like let's go into the closet like what you know (laughs) but so they're making out in the closet and then she asks him are you going to want to leave after? <laughs> oh, God. Ouch. He's like, what? Like, after we have sex, are you going to want to leave? He's like, it's my apartment. Why would I leave? Yeah. Like, she obviously misinterpreted or mistranslated anyway everything that Elaine said to her that guys want to leave no matter where they are after they I have guess, sex. yeah. But Marla ends the evening afterwards. Uh, but Jerry is just confused by her line of questioning. Yeah. And oh, that Elaine told her that. He's like, I wouldn't listen to Elaine's yeah, advice. Yeah, he, he tells her not to put too much stock into what Elaine has to say about relationships. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but Marla ends the evening anyway, and so over at the improv, uh, Jerry and Elaine are talking about the Marla conversation. What did you tell her? You yeah, know? He, he and Elaine says, uh, I was just giving her the straight dope, <laughs> yeah, which is a line dope. I've never heard. <laughs> you never heard the straight dope before? No. Oh, wow. I don't think so. There was even a great newspaper column called The Straight Dope. That the was written straight by dope? A, a guy who called himself the world's smartest man or something like that. And I used to <laughs> love those books. They co- they would compile the, um, uh, the articles into a book, and I'd always check them out from the... Okay. And so it was like unknown U.S. history and debunked urban legends and just very interesting um, stuff like that. So check out The Straight Dope if you can ever find any uh, of those columns. Let me see. Um, I forget the guy you who know wrote what? it. Just, uh... And the guy wrote under a pseudonym, too. His, his um, identity was also a mystery. And so no one really knew who he was. Uh, I don't think she took it from that, but it was just it was a saying before they used it as the title of the newspaper column, as well as Elaine saying, I gave her The Straight Dope. Interesting. I yeah. will add that to my homework. But that's definitely something that had died in the 90s. The yeah. thing that died yeah, in the 90s. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, but uh, to, in response to that line, Jerry's just like, more like a dope was given it to her oh, straight. God. I mean, how did that line <sighs> make it into an episode of Seinfeld? <laughs> this is taking us back to the pilot. That, Jerry's pilot. That kinda, like that Seinfeld. Just, it's not like a punch in the gut, yeah. but like everything so far is just like, oh, really? Yeah, yeah. It almost kills the entire episode. <laughs> it's it's the Yankee beans of this season so far. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I don't think it's that bad. I don't think it's nearly as bad as Yankee beans. Well, I loved the alternate side. It, it made it into my top five, despite Yankee beans being in there. And right now, The Virgin, I can tell you, is in my top two episodes of this season. Okay. Despite this line being in it, more like a dope giving it to her straight. Uh, I would just love if there was an applause break that never ended after that. Like, I want to make a YouTube video where, where like, remember, like, a dope giving it to her straight, and it's, like, never ending. It's 10 hours of applause after that. And and they're just, and, and it's a looped gif of Jerry and Elaine just sort of, like, moving from side to side, and then 10 hours of raucous applause. I'm going to make that video, and then I'll tweet it out. Okay. Yeah. Uh, my, my computer will never process that, but uh, that's what I want. I uh, Just imagining that video is enough for me. Uh, so then we find out, too, that Ping is suing Elaine uh, for his injuries uh, got when yeah. that he got when she jaywalked in front of him and he had to swerve into a car. 
Oh, she needs the virgin as a witness. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so Elaine's telling Jerry's like, yeah, be nice to her. I need her yeah. as a witness. Um, and then... So that's a little indication that she's going to hang around for a little bit longer. Exactly. And then Jerry looks over at George, and he sees George is talking with a woman uh-huh. at, at the improv. And he says, who would have figured Susan would break up with him? They had a good thing going. And <laughs> I, I wrote down Elaine's exact quote here because I, I loved it. Yep. And she just says, yeah, since she met him, she's been vomited on. Her family cabin's been burned down. <laughs> she learned her father's a homosexual. And she got fired from a high-paying network job. Yeah, they had a real good thing going. <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. Um, and so a woman, then so we, we cut over to the woman talking to George, and she asked, what do you do? So here it is, that yeah, question that George has been the, waiting for. He's been waiting so yeah. long for this. Yeah, yep. and so he says, I'm a writer. I actually have a, a development deal right now to write a uh, sitcom for NBC. And <laughs> she, the woman immediately is like, a sitcom? You actually write that crap and starts cracking up. She <laughs> and calls, then she calls over, to over to her friend, friend yeah. who's sitting at the bar. I'm, yeah. I'm guessing just to to be the friend that oversees. Yeah, if, if this date doesn't go well, can you be my out? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and so they, she starts like, this guy writes sitcoms. <laughs> and oh my they, god! They're, they're both laughing as they're walking out. And she's like, and he actually used it as a thing <laughs> to hit on me with. Yeah, yeah. I, you just feel <laughs> awful for George at this point, like. Because, I mean, I, I can't believe these women. I mean, who are they? In L.A., I could see this kind of happening. Like, you know, because there's a hierarchy of entertainment. You think so? Like, but in New York, it's like, oh, cool. Like, not everybody is in entertainment in NBC. Everybody's in entertainment in L.A. or is trying to be. Oh That's not God, the case yeah. in New York. Yeah. Maybe it's the case at the improv. But, I mean, you know, I mean, the, a woman that would be hanging out at the improv to meet guys would be impressed with someone who writes sitcoms. I have a feeling. Yeah. Like, I don't know well, who this like, lady is. What are you is. going to the improv for? Yeah. You're either going to meet a stand-up or somebody who writes. Uh, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? or, or an actor or just the top in a of the sitcom. Yeah. yeah who's that, going to like watch some of their friends, like yeah. some of their funny friends. Or That's the top of the food chain at the improv. Yeah. You know, unless you want to meet the owner of the improv or something. You know, it's like, <laughs> who do you want to meet when you're there? So I'm like, Who's this lady that she thinks she's so above a sitcom writer? What do you do? Yeah. That's what I wish he would have asked her. But then we might have gotten some actual, you know, resolution in the scene instead of, like, George getting his comeuppance, you know, <laughs> as, as he always does. So that's the end of the episode. Uh, we get another stand-up thing about how, uh, and again, this, boy, this fell flat for me, about how, you know, a lot of um, old, old civilizations used to sacrifice virgins into the... A volcano, and somehow Jerry turns that into a date instead of a religious ceremony. <laughs> what a great first date that would be! Who is she dating? The priest I, I, who was throwing I her in? I don't know. Why are we? Why are we on a date now? Why is a virgin sacrifice a date? Yeah, how did it become a date? How did it become a date when you like it's it's a religious ceremony, and now she's dating somebody all of a sudden? Like, yeah, and and then he he drops the line. You just end up in heaven talking with Chuck Woolery. Oh God, another thing that didn't. And uh, you have no idea how poorly this aged. Oh God, no! Um, Please enlighten me. Well, so are you familiar with the name Chuck Woolery? Not really. So he was a game show it, host. It, it sounds familiar, but I'm like I. I have no idea right. what he this, did, what he was on. This is just not a timely reference, even today. Like, if you said it in an audience, people go, oh, what was that show? I, I don't know. Let, it doesn't matter. Just, just like I the, just did. Yeah, yeah. Just go on to the next. So, Chuck Willery, first of all, I think he was the first actual host of Wheel of Fortune. But okay. he's more famously known as the host of Love Connection. Oh, where okay. He, the, the, from what I know, I didn't care enough to actually research what the Love Connection was, but... You'd go on a date, and you'd talk about it on the show. Yeah. And then they'd pay for a second date if you wanted to go on one, and either one person would want to go and the other wouldn't, or both would be into it, and or neither would, or both would say, no, it didn't go well. And so it was just hearing about other people's dates. Um, and 
so that so that was it, and, and so um, well, that's why he, he the Chuck Woolery in Heaven throws out. And by the way, why is Chuck Woolery dead in Jerry Seinfeld's bit? Because Chuck Woolery is alive and well. Is he alive today? He, yes, he's alive today. <laughs> um, so I don't understand why Chuck Woolery was up there in Heaven. But he's like, well, if you want to go on, if you want to, what did he? If you want to go on another another date, we'll pay for it or something like that. Because that's what would happen at the end of Love Connection if they really wanted to. Yeah. Um, but so just all of those Love Connection jokes fall flat. But here's why this joke is aged even poor, poor, poorer than you might think is that Chuck Woolery is now an ultra conservative tweeter and podcaster oh, and great. live streamer. Yeah, like oh great. Don't if you want, just don't look at his Twitter feed. If you want to be happy that Chuck Willery is still alive, don't look at his Twitter feed. Um, because should, should I look it up right now? Go ahead. Don't read anything. Just react. Okay. Because <laughs> the first one I saw, I was like. Oh, that's enough internet for today. Uh, I didn't need to know that that's what Chuck Woolery was up to. And I love that Chuck Woolery is probably one of those also celebrities like that would say, you know what, we don't care what celebrities think. We care what real Americans think. Like, well, you're a celebrity, numbnuts. And why why should we care what you think? Oh, well, you should only care what celebrities who think exactly like the way I think should think and talk like they think. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh. Oh no! I'm trying. I'm trying to get to his uh, his stuff that isn't just retweets from Mark Young. <laughs> uh, wow. Okay, a lot of retweets for Mark Young. That might be who he hosts uh, his live stream with, or whatever. Oh god! He has a live stream called the Bare Truth or something like that, uh, it, which I'm sure the, is the bold truth. The I bold think is truth, what I just saw, which I'm sure is anything but bold and anything but the truth. Oh. Discuss. Oh, I felt like I just did a Mike Myers bit there. The bold truth is neither bold nor the truth. Discuss. Oh, oh, this is awful. We've got to ta- we've got to tag him in this. We've got to tag him oh. in, in our tweets about this episode. Ew. <laughs> Uh, Did you find one directly from him? No, but oh. it's a retweet of Mark Young, which is a quote tweet of something from Elizabeth Warren oh, uh, no. talking about Pride Month. Oh, God. Uh, so I'll, I'll let your imagination uh, I hope it involves, go to why, where that I hope it is. involves the phrase, why isn't there a straight Pride Month? Oh, it does not. Oh, it does uh, not. Disappointing. Um, but let me see. <laughs> wow. He doesn't have any original tweets. Really? Well, I'm just looking. It... Uh, the only original tweets he has are is like this week on the bold b- truth. Oh, blunt force truth. Oh, blunt force truth. Okay. Ugh. Ugh. I'm I'm looking for like any original tweets that aren't like Bad podcast promos. Okay, here we go. I'm just should I just read it and react <sighs> to it? I'm not gonna read it on the air, right? Sure, sure. Okay. Uh, um, dude. <laughs> okay. Um. <laughs> Ted reacts. <laughs> the new podcast. Ugh. The great content you signed up for. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'm done with this. So that's what Chuck I'm done, I'm done with this. Old that's what dude. Chuck Woolery's up to, which I which I love. <laughs> Who was the celebrity last week that was trending? Was it John Voight? Oh my gosh, it was oh John Voight. Oh my god, yeah. And John Voight that is old turd. And John Voight is huge in the Seinfeld universe as well we're gonna find i don't know when we're gonna find out but that's another celeb that it's like why is it always the guys who have no career who like you know again scott bayo is another one that comes to mind it's like just they uh, have nothing left to lose i guess so i guess so oh stacy dash another great uh, <laughs> voice from the past all right before we get too woke once again as happens on the end of the episode uh that's that's all we have for the episode right yeah that's all right it. uh i mean uh we, we've still got a uh, newman's mail sack yeah, but before that uh, newman's mail yeah sack. did we want to uh do a better oh. description or do, you, or do you want to do Newman's mail sack first? No, we got to do better description. Let's, but we, I might change the game. 
Okay. All right. So for better description, we had before, hours before a network meeting, Jerry and George draw a blank. Guest Jane leaves. Who is Jane leaves? Is that Marla? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's Marla. Okay. Yeah. Did you recognize her from Fraser, which I kept no. calling Kramer last nope. week? Did you recognize her from Kramer? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, yeah. She was the, um, not the nanny. What would you call it? She was she was the caretaker for Fraser's dad in Seattle. She was the butler that Fraser got into an accident with, and, exactly. she, and she was oh my to gosh. be the butler. You're exactly right. No, she was the caretaker that Niles falls in love with on Fraser. Okay. Uh, and I think they end up together, actually. Interesting. What was her name? She wasn't Roz. She was... Ah, it doesn't matter. Uh, anyway, yeah, so that's Jane Leaves. But what would you say... Man, I, as much as I loved this episode, because I started. I started just like I started the Cheever Letters, because I forgot how funny it was. Um, so it may not last into the top five, but right now it's a contender. Yeah. Um, what would you say this episode was about? This was a fast-moving episode uh, that... I, I mean... I'd say it's more about the sitcom uh, that they're trying to write. It's almost equal weight. I mean, this really sets up the next couple episodes in the way that, you know, the first couple episodes did. And then we got into Wallet and Watch episodes. I mean, this really sets up the next couple of episodes. Would we call it The Meeting? Or would we... Because that's what I was like. Do we change the title to The Meeting? Or do we change it to Jerry Starts Dating a Virgin? And it's called The Virgin. Yeah, I don't know. I I mean, I think you can still call it the version because we've had uh, episode titles and episode descriptions yeah. not have anything to do with each well, other. Like the Cheever letters, for instance. Ex- exactly. Yeah, which we so, don't find out what that's about till the very end. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I think you can still call it the version, um, but change the description to something like the gang. No, I'm just <laughs> while, while trying to write uh, while trying to write their sitcom, Jerry and George. Man, I don't know. <laughs> I, I can't. I can't. Come I like up with the beginning anything. of that. While trying to write his pilot with George, Jerry starts dating a virgin? Yeah, I I think. But then that kind of gets rid of the surprise factor. Yeah. I guess because you don't know that Marla is the virgin right, right. until she says it. But if you put that in the description, then you're just going to think, oh, Here's, yeah. Yeah. But oh, I mean, you kind of, it kind of is already telegraphed like, oh, there's think one so? new character and it's called the Virgin. I don't think it's going to be Ping. <laughs> He's not even a new character. Ping um, fucks. <laughs> <laughs> We're changing the name of our podcast. <laughs> 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 All right, that segment's <laughs> over. That's not going to get any better. <laughs> That's the new description. <laughs> Could you imagine, like, looking through TV Guide in November of 92? Oh, let's see what tonight's Seinfeld is about. <laughs> Pink bucks. <laughs> what does that mean? Well, God, we got to watch tonight. <laughs> We gotta watch. Oh, but Love Connection is on. No, I'm getting a weird vibe from Chuck Woolery. He's uh, really... Well, okay, all right, we'll watch Seinfeld. We'll watch Seinfeld. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. No, Chuck Woolery on the last episode of Love Connection said something about America not being great anymore, so I I don't know. I don't know if I want to watch that anymore. All right, we'll watch Seinfeld, but uh, when Ping shows up, I might change the channel. I don't want to see what happens. All right. So for homework... Uh, did, did we have anything else? I'm gonna look up the straight dope. Yeah, and I would love see, to, see if I yeah. can find some. Stuff I want to revisit that. that. It was some. It was some. It was very entertaining. Uh, very entertaining reads right. as a kid. Uh, but was there anything else? Was it just the straight dope? Yeah, I think that was okay. it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, right. And by the way, I wanted to touch on something that Marla says at the very beginning of the episode that her boyfriend never came back from Berlin, which was an obvious lie, just like Jerry's. Like he, he was like. 
He heard about Jerry's trip to Berlin and was like, oh, this is a great way out of this relationship. Yeah. I'm going to do it, too. So he used it. Um, and it's like a little joke that you get to revisit as you, you know, rewatch the episode or whatever. Yeah, and he never never came back. And, that, and then we know why at the, the middle or end of the episode. That's why. He's definitely back. <laughs> okay, so let's uh, let's get into Newman's mail sack. Here. All right, and I told you uh, before we started this uh, this gets a little weird. Ah, uh, okay, so weirder than ping fucks. <laughs> <laughs> so it's from Brett who has emailed oh, yeah. who has emailed us before. Sure, uh, Brett says I'm on mobile, so I'll keep it short. And he writes notes <laughs> to both of us. Oh, okay. Tim, oh no! I want to commend you for standing up for speech and not giving giving to being so offended at most things, which oh. is how I see society now. Context is king, as Eric Bischoff would say, guy from wrestling. In, oh. in case you didn't oh. know, using the word retard to mean slow down is fine by me, as it's literally the meaning of the word. Mm-hmm. Ted. You guys kind of joke about possibly doing a show about Always Sunny, but I can't imagine you being able to watch that, as it seems like you're a very part of the PC crowd from what I always see of Always Sunny. It is very much not appropriate for that crowd. There are all, or mostly all, fictional stories set in a fictional place. It is made for entertainment. As Tim mentioned last week, these are not role models or ideals for human behavior most of the time, whether it's Seinfeld or any other show. I really like the podcast. I just wanted to get that off my Maybe chest. Maybe I should have read this Brett. one. <laughs> Maybe I should have read this one. What, so I didn't give it that? <laughs> so, yeah. That, you didn't uh, give it that tone. That tone. And I, I like to think that I myself am uh, part of that crowd as well. But I also think that you know if if Kramer had been calling a mentally challenged person that word, I would I would not like it. But the fact that he was using it in its proper context, like break retarders prohibited, for instance, then I would have um you know then I I would have had an issue with it. But I I didn't because of the way he was using it. So I guess that's it. Kramer, we know uh, you know speaks sometimes in an outdated vernacular anyway. Like um I don't know the next time it pops up I'll I'll bring it up. But he speaks in sort of this like uh, flowery, almost academic language at times. Yeah, and and, that, and that's one of those cases that I would that I would put that there. Like for instance, when he said queer, that's not a word that most people would use to say odd, but that's what the context he was using it in, you know. And so he sometimes picks a different word rather than like the common word. He'll use something a little flower, more flowerier, flower, flowerier. Flowerier. Fl- flowery? Flowerier. Fla- yeah, more fla- flowery. More flowery? But flowerier than someone else might. We should end this. We should yeah, end this show. Yeah, probably a good idea before we lose any more listeners. <laughs> uh, but I do want you to at Chuck Woolery. If, if I don't remember, uh, I'll just, I'll just <laughs> say, like, we talk a little bit about at Chuck Woolery in this episode oh, and no. see if we can like engage him uh, I would love I would love to see uh, that happen uh, and then just get you know relentlessly attacked by his 12 followers and maybe we'd get some Twitter play out of it as well maybe, you know? maybe. we could use some of that Chuck Woolery runoff but yeah we definitely gotta remember to at him like and we talk about Chuck Woolery just throw it in there we don't <laughs> talk about what, he, what he's up to now but alright so next week we've got season hang on four. a second Ted you sound different all of a sudden oh yeah it, why it, is that it's definitely not because we forgot to record the tease for next week episode and we're recording this two days later it's definitely not and it. we're in a different studio no 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 no, no. It's not because of that no okay, it's definitely right. not because okay. of that well, it's just me then i guess i think it's just you yeah yeah i, right. I, I can hear fine in the in, in the headphones i'm not wearing you're wearing. <laughs> yeah, right. okay all right uh, so you were saying next week we've got season four episode 10 the contest oh my gosh original air dates november 18th 1992 and if you're looking in TV Guide that night, you're going to see Jerry challenges George, Kramer, and Elaine to pool their money in a contest of self-denial. 
<laughs> Meanwhile, Elaine looks forward to her date with a hunky John Kennedy Jr. Whoa, we know Elaine has the hots for all the Kennedys. Oh my She's God, the yeah. Family in, in general, <laughs> so... The fact that she has, I don't even remember that that's a part of this, but I mean, this is a, a Seinfeld episode you had to have heard about before. Yes. You yes. Know, before we even started this podcast. But before I've, before I had seen any episode of Seinfeld, yeah. I knew this episode and I knew what this episode was about, yeah. but I still haven't seen it. This episode changed television. I, I know from this episode, I know the, I'm out. Uh, yeah, yeah. But I, I don't know. I mean, I know what it's in reference to. Yeah, yeah. But I'm still really excited to watch it for the first time. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, well then, and and uh, as a bonus, as you might have heard if you listened to the Downvoter saga, the entire thing, including the special finale episode that was a separate deal in our in our feed, uh, we should be having a special guest for the contest, his favorite episode, the Downvoter himself, right? Yeah, I will. We'll have to see. I, 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 I'm waiting to hear back from him. We'll, uh, we'll see if he... Upvotes or downvotes my invitation. <laughs> of course. <laughs> that's it, right? Yeah, that's it. All right. For dogging, no learning. I'm Tim Murphy. I'm Ted Hallwell. Be good. <laughs>